everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast, and I'm your host, Austin, as always, with another exciting discussion and episode coming at you. Uh, you guys are listening to this. Uh, at the time of recording, we're a couple days removed from, from Black Friday weekend. Hopefully, everybody got out. Uh, well, A, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and got to spend time with family, watch some football, eat some really, really good food, and then immediately you know hit the gym. Um, but then also got to, you know, utilize, or I guess take advantage of is probably the better way to put it. Some of the black Friday sales that were out there from a ton of companies, a ton of really, really good companies in the space. Uh, but black Friday weekend is a very American thing. You know, they're typically the best sales of the year. Um, you know, and it, or it, you know, or it happens twice a year, like you know, Independence Day and Black Friday weekend in in our community, right? And usually, those are about the best two times uh, on the calendar to try and snag some gear, um, support some small businesses, you know, do all the good stuff like that. Um, and we'll just say, you know, just because we're sharing right now, or I'm sharing, and you're listening, talking about Thanksgiving dinner, you know, hey, my lions lost again, to probably nobody's surprise listening to this, uh, but I'm not a fair weather fan. <clears throat> I had like an incredible amount of difficulty falling asleep. So after all of the food and drink I had on Thanksgiving, I was definitely up at like 4 a.m. on Friday and was at the gym before six. So, uh, hopefully you guys had a more restful experience than that, but you know, I, I, I couldn't sleep. So I went and hit the gym. Um, but black Friday weekend, lots of good deals to be had. I personally, uh, and I'm going to share this because I put up the post earlier today. I'm super pumped about it. I, I got night vision. I, uh, I picked up a PVS 14, uh, gen three white Foss uh, from steel industries. Got a really, really good deal on it before anybody asks. Yes. My wife knew about it. Yes. I had her blessing and no, I did not finance it. So it's a really, really good step in upgrading my capability and something that I'm looking forward to learning more about and getting to play with and everything. But it, it showed up today um, for better or for worse. You know, Steel Industries only really offers like next day air or overnight shipping. So uh, the price difference was like six bucks. So I got the fastest one possible and it was like 1230 or something today. Knock on the door and had to sign for it, which I appreciate because porch pirates are a thing, especially for boxes marked fragile it might contain sensitive electronics such as night vision right so uh signed for it with ups and uh, i am now the proud owner of a single tube and now we're just gonna be looking into getting the hardware to mount it up but lots and lots of good black friday uh small business saturday cyber monday sales that were going on over the weekend i really do hope you guys took advantage um a couple of our partners had some really good deals going on we did our best to let you guys know about it, so I do hope you you, you did get to snag some stuff or maybe do some some shopping uh, for some loved ones and you know get them a new holster or something, uh, pick up some some gear, some kit for them that they've been they've been eyeing or maybe you know you've been spending range time with them. And you know that they're just they're awful and they need a new sling, so maybe you took care of that. Um, and speaking of small business Saturday, we have to say thank you to our presenting sponsors here that are all small businesses, by the way. Our presenting sponsors here, the Repaired Mindset, and first, of course, is Eclipse Holsters. Guys, they had a they had a bunch of really good sales going on. If you missed them, that sucks, but they did, and have always hooked us up with a discount code for you. If you're still out there looking for a holster, maybe you bought a gun on Black Friday and you had to wait for your second paycheck here to grab a holster. 
head over to EclipseHolsters.com. Use our discount code PREPAREDMINDSET. It's going to save you 20% off your order. Jess and her team do outstanding work with the holsters, guys. Lifetime warranty. Guarantee that you're going to love it. And it's going to be out in the mail in three business days or less to you. You guys spend over $100, which is basically just mag pouch and holster together. That combos over 100 bucks. It's going to upgrade you to free FedEx two-day shipping, which now that we are in the holiday season is amazing. You guys really want to go over EclipseHolsters.com. Check out what they got. Mag carriers, dump trays. They carry core concealment belts, whatever holsters you need lighted. Maybe it's, you know, they're serious in the waistband. Uh, if you carry strong side, appendix side, you know, whatever, they've got you covered. They got their their Eagle holster. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're carrying... Uh, strong side if you're carrying appendix uh their delta that has the concealment wing you know whatever you're looking for they have a solution to help you guys carry confidently and carry safely again head over to eclipseholsters.com our discount code prepared mindset that's all one word is going to save you 20 percent off your order also activecarry.com Sorry, that's ActiveCarryTech.com. The company is ActiveCarry, and if you guys are carrying a gun, if you picked up a holster, if you picked up a GAT this weekend, make sure your next step is to pick up some medical to go with it. ActiveCarryTech.com, our discount code PMP10 will save you 10% off your order. It is critical, guys. If you have a gun, you should at least have the supplies to treat the results of using that, that, that firearm. Whether you have the skills or not, have the supplies Maybe somebody is in the vicinity that would, you know, has the skills but doesn't have the supplies. You should definitely have the training that goes with it, but having the supplies, having that added capability is paramount. All right. And hell, maybe if you're listening to this, you just really enjoy the content you don't carry yet, right? Maybe you're in the middle of transitioning from one law enforcement agency to another and never, you know, really got a Michigan CPL. Maybe you don't have a CPL because you just haven't gotten around to it yet. You don't carry a handgun on you. Get medical supplies, carry them on your person, carry them in your vehicle. Kits like their blazer kit is an awesome choice for an IFAC. They have larger kits. If you need to have something that outfits your family, maybe you got some small kids. You want a kit that's going to cover four people, you, your wife, your kids. You want to have those supplies there. You want to be able to help when tragedy strikes. Again, head over to activecarrytech.com. Use our discount code PMP10. It's going to save you 10% off. Whether you're buying a tourniquet, just some some enhanced items to fill out the kit you already own, or a whole brand new kit that you need to buy, you know, all the pieces and, and parts all together, all pre-built for you because you have no idea, they have it all. Again, that's activecarrytech.com. Discount code PMP10 for 10% off. And last but certainly not least... LARPLabs.com. Guys, John is doing really, really cool stuff over at LARP Labs. He uses computer cut vinyl to create optic light PVS 14 night vision wraps for you, right? Maybe you're getting ready to spray your gear, paint your gear. You don't want to paint the optic, but you want it to match. Head over to LARPLabs.com. Check out their vinyl wraps. And this isn't just cheap off-the-shelf vinyl. This is the vinyl that's used on on rock crawlers and, and is designed to stand up to some abuse. Really, really good stuff. Again, computer cut. It, he's very meticulous with the design on this. Honestly, I don't know how he does it. Uh, I screwed up when I put it on mine, and it still looks good. LARPLabs.com, our discount code, prepared mindset, all one word, all lowercase, is going to save you guys 10% off. Again, if you're, if you're painting your rifle, 
if you're not sure about painting your optic, head over to LARP Labs, check out the vinyls there, utilize those before you ruin an optic or take a chance you're not comfortable with, or hell, maybe you live in a state just like Michigan where the weather turns every two weeks and you go from white and brown camouflage to green and black and brown camouflage every other two weeks because the weather just can't make up its goddamn mind. So head over to LARPLabs.com, and a big shout out, by the way, to John. He was very, very helpful, super nice guy, helping me get through my uh, my search for night vision uh, in the wee, wee, wee hours uh, of uh, Thanksgiving evening and Black Friday morning. So super cool guy. Head over to LARPLabs.com, support him and what he's doing there. You guys are really going to love it. Again, prepared mindset, all one word, all lowercase is going to save you 10% off your order. So now let's get to this week's episode. My guest this week is Bob Keller, owner of Gamut Resolutions, spent 24 years in the army. He was a ranger, spent time in the unit, had 14 deployments, obviously now out of the military, runs his own training company. And Bob is a guy who is super nice dude, by the way, Bob is a guy who is all about the brilliance in the basics, all about the fundamentals and the ready up drills. That's what he has built his business on, and he's been through enough shit. He has been through enough gunfights. We go through it in the discussion here. You, you you have a real hard time arguing with his logic, with the experience he's had and what he's seen and what he's been through. He's, he's narrowed it down to the fundamentals. He's big on teaching the basics for anybody and everybody. It's a really, really cool conversation. If you guys are somebody who's really seeking to try and build your shooting skill or you know, maybe take a step back and reevaluate some of the things that that you've learned or thought you've learned or think that, you know, this was a really good, this is a really good discussion for that. Okay. Take it from people like Bob who have been out there real world. And you guys know me, like I've military experience is not always the most important thing. However, you can't really argue with the real world application of these skills and and the experience that goes with it to highlight the importance of your fundamentals and kind of, you know, show you that some of the stuff that we all work on, maybe we shouldn't be working on all the time. Maybe it's not as important as we would think it would be in context of a firefight. But at any rate, it's an awesome, awesome discussion. Bob's a super cool guy. We we talk about all kinds of different shit. We jump all over the place. It's awesome. I think you guys are really going to dig it. So without any further delay, without any further hesitancy on my part, I am going to get us over to my conversation with Bob Keller, owner of Gamut Resolutions. Here we go. Bob, welcome to the pod, man. Thank you so much for making time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Dude, absolutely. I know we were just kind of talking about this. You have been on my list of uh, desired guests for uh, a while. You were one of uh, probably the most... I would say a group of the most impactful people when I was learning that flat range shooting was like a thing, uh, with the, the Panio videos that you did with, um, yeah, I think it was Kyle and Aaron, I think were their names uh, a couple of yeah, years. Yep. Ago, right. Yep. Um, so I'm super thrilled to have you here. Um, I know that you've, you've been through a lot yourself. Uh, you're, you're doing a lot now with your company and everything. Uh, and I really just, I want to hear like everything you have to say, man. So, uh, let's just jump in. And if you want to start off, just introduce yourself to the listeners, talk a little bit about, you know, what you've done. Yeah. So, I mean, without going with on the, the whole story of how I, how, you know, before I got into the military, talk about, because most people probably want to talk about the, or hear about the shooting 
portion of it or my career. Um, I'm Bob Keller. Um, my military career, I got 24 years in service. Uh, all those 24 years are in the special ops community. Uh, started out in range of time with special forces and then ended up at a place called the unit. So you can Google that or figure it out yourself, but uh, that's where I ended up. Um, out of those 24 plus years that I have in the military, I got 14 deployments under my belt. And out of those 14 deployments, I have over 700 real world DA hits, which are direct action hits and another 300 off the books or low vis hits. So a wow. thousand hits that I've been on um, in my career. So, and that's like when we start talking about instruction, and this is what I say in all my classes, I I, I bring up those stats not to wow people or for mm-hmm. people to look at me like I'm something special because um, I'm not. Uh, I, I, t- I, I tell people that just so you know where I'm coming from. Like you talked about like the flat range stuff. Uh, and I think what we'll get into on, on the training side, um, I'm basing off, I'm basing all of my, training and how like how i actually train and what i teach off of those those thousand plus hits that i've been on like i, I have been in hundreds of gunfights right so right not, so it's you know, the voice of experience like when, I, when i instruct and i and i'm teaching people the basic stuff i'm not i'm not pulling the shit out of my ass like it is yeah. it is literally coming from hundreds of gunfights you know so yeah. um and i and i think that's it's it's interesting to have been in that situation, like I think on the training side, if you if we want to go down that road right now, like yep. uh, like pre 9-11 or or what you see on the on the, the Instagram, Facebook, and the YouTube stuff, all the sexy running and gunning stuff, it's what sells, right? I think Absolutely a lot of these guys is. don't even don't even know they're doing the wrong thing. Because pre 9-11, I was one of those guys. Like I was, yeah. I was the guys going to the range, setting up crazy, crazy situations, scenarios, doing the running gun and stuff, running over hills, you know, throwing sandbags over my head, doing the burpees, you know, like before shooting. I didn't know what to expect. I'd never been in a gunfight, so I didn't know how to train properly. Like I thought that was that was well or time well spent on the range doing running gun and stuff. And then I would say probably five maybe four to four to six gunfights into my like gunfighting career. Uh, I finally realized that every situation, every scenario I was ever in, like, like gunfight wise, it was always different. Yeah. And I, it started dawning on me like, Holy shit. Like I can't train for situations. I can't train for scenarios. They, they are always going to be different. But right. that one like light bulb moment in life for me as as an individual, just for uh, the way that I trained, um, I realized one night sitting in bed thinking, holy shit, all right, every situation is different in every gunfight. What's my constant? Like, I started thinking, right, like, what should I be training on, right? I, I started, like, nitpicking how to be a better gunfighter and, like, time spent wisely on the range. So I started thinking, what's my constant in every gunfight? And as I'm sitting there in bed thinking about it, I'm like, oh shit, like, all right, what's like reloads aren't my constant, situations aren't my constant, transitions aren't my constant. Finally realized my one constant in every fucking gunfight I've been in is bringing the gun up, getting sight picture, pulling the trigger. Right. That and has that's, to happen. And that's no in any, what. 
any encounter, whether that's a self-defense shooting for somebody or 100%. like you're saying, doesn't, you know, it, a hit. It doesn't matter who you are, what situation you're in, where you're at. That has to happen to end someone. And then yeah. and once I finally realized that, I was like, holy shit, I am fucking, I am doing the wrong thing on the range. Like right. 90% of my training was running gun and stuff. Yeah, and it's not, yeah. and that's right. That's not to say that there's not value in the other adjacent uh, skills like reloads, like transitions, because I think you would agree what, there is certainly, but it's not, it's, it's not, not what the internet makes it out to be. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, so I've, me personally, I revamped the way that I train, especially like on my pre, pre-deployment train-ups, me personally, when I was going to the range, like 90, 90% of the, the training I would do is ready up bills, static position, nothing else. Bring the gun up, yeah. driving the gun. How fast can I drive the gun up to the target? Um, have that red dot line where my eyes are looking, and then pull the trigger, like because I that was my constant it had to happen. Um, yeah. When you when you talk about like reloads, reloads absolutely is something that everyone needs to know how to do, uh, but is that's not a constant in every gunfight. Like going slide lock or bolt lock is not a constant in a gunfight. That is a straight up maybe. And if you know how to shoot, that should never happen anyhow. So, yes, you should train on it, but that shouldn't be the majority of your training because that's not your constant. So maybe um, same thing with like transitioning, offhand shooting, transitioning rifle, pistol. Those are all good things to know how to do, uh, mm-hmm. but those are not your constant your gunfight. So and you just rattled people. You just you just rattled off a list of a bunch of shit that people get in fights on about on the Internet like daily. I, I've been ribbed by guys. uh for practicing transitions i've been given shit for how i reload the gun like oh you didn't look at the magwell so i mean it doesn't matter it was fast it was efficient it no problems like it it blew up a whole post you know oh because you didn't do it this way and it's like i feel like maybe we're we were looking at this the wrong way like maybe we're missing the fucking point here which is just to get the gun back up and running like people people nitpick stuff just because it's it's something it's something to do on the internet it feels that way like most most true operators that have actually been in gunfights could care less how you do anything. Like just show yeah. me that you can do it. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. Yeah. Are you, you know, effective? It, right. It, it doesn't need to be a specific way. So uh, I think I think people just get bent out of shape on stuff just because they want a reaction. They they like flapping their own gums. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so when it, it was was that the when you're having that thought. You know, what's my constant here? Was that the point when you just, I mean, I kind of imagine not, but was that the point when you decided that you, that training was going to be what you did when you got out of the service? Um, I mean, how does that, that was, that never even, when I was operational, that never entered my, my brain. Really? Like to get into teaching that was straight up. I'd say kind of, it's not a fluke, but, um, by chance that happened. Uh, and the reason why, well, the reason why I got an instruction is just, saw, I, I eventually saw how bad the normal public was in like, in law enforcement agency guys were mm-hmm. on training and on their proficiency um, on shooting to where I thought, okay, I got, a, I got a lot, uh, a lot of experience, especially when it comes to real life, like gunfights. Um, and I got, I have, I have a lot to give back. So yeah. it, it kind of came from that. I mean, I I lived my whole military career because it was all special ops. I kind of lived in my own uh, my own bubble. 
I never, I had never been to a public range ever. Oh, really? As a, kid, Jeez. as a kid growing up, I shot out in the backwoods you know, of Minnesota, like you know, all the hunting and, and shooting I did, never went to a range. Uh, I was never exposed to uh, shooting with the normal public or anyone else. And then I went in the military and I was only exposed to rangers, SF, and then guys at the unit. And the only ranges I shot at were at those those units' ranges. Well, you um, got so spoiled, I, man. Jeez. When that's... I finally got out, actually, it wasn't even I hadn't been out yet. It was I was I was down at SOCOM and uh, just happened to be training with some SWAT guys. Noticed like what they were what they were training on and 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 how they were doing things. And I was like, like this is this is how you guys do it. Like I had no clue. Right. I mean, I, I kind of was naive to how people train and how, how sure how good people actually were uh, in shooting. And I was like, this is horrible. Like, this is, you know, <laughs> like like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I could be putting out to make people train the better way. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how how it happened. Yeah. And it's funny because people I, I still right. Even because this message has kind of been out there for a while that, you know, like as a general statement, not certainly not all, but as a general statement, a lot of law enforcement agencies don't really train very well to a high standard because it's just this institutionalized knowledge. It's just, well, this is the way we've always done it. And, you know, I got a, I give a great friend stuff at my wedding. I set up in his, right. He was like, he taught me how to shoot and he's an LE guy. And he was all about like the you know, turtle up the neck and lock out the arms and just and and stiffen up and everything. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if this is right. Like, I feel like there might be something wrong with me having all this tension and being totally locked up. He's like, well, but this is how they teach it where I learned. And because that like turtling position is your natural reaction to fear. So it must be good. I'm like, I don't know if that's right, dude. Like that, that actually feels really fucking wrong. I- I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, and I, I'm actually really, he's getting ready. he's going to be heading over to uh, the bureau in the next uh, couple of months here. So hopefully he learns something different there. And next time we go shooting, we don't get in like arguments about dumb stuff. But yeah, well, uh, I, I doubt it. If he's going over there, it's probably going to be the same same stuff. It, it, unfortunately, and and things are changing. I, I've noticed it in the last couple of years. Um, you get the the younger generation that are that are stepping up and taking leadership positions and, and know that there's different ways to do things. And, mm-hmm. but unfortunately a lot of, a, a lot of it still is it's, it's all the old time guys that learned a certain way, uh, equipment wise and teaching wise. And now they're in leadership position and they're like, this is how it's going to be. Cause this is how, this is how I did it for 20 years. And it's, it's right. stupid. You gotta have, you gotta, you gotta open your eyes and, and be, you gotta be open to change because there are there are better ways to do things there's better gear out there um you you can't be you can't be locked in that this is how i did it mentality you you gotta you gotta listen to like the young younger guys they're actually going out there and doing research and and watching videos and seeing different things like you gotta listen to your your younger generation sometimes like all right there might be a better way to do things yeah it may not unfortunately for a lot of apartments that's not that's not the case yeah, it may not be that you have to listen or have to to follow through whatever they're suggesting, but certainly, yeah, I mean, in my experience, and I'm sure probably yours in the military as well, good leadership welcome the input, and it's their job as a leader, right, as long as it's obviously presented respectfully, to kind of sort through that 
and make a determination on, you know, maybe this is better for yeah. us. Maybe this is something we should look into. Uh, we should change absolutely. it up. Absolutely. I think, I think that's why the unit is such a great unit is for one, there's, there's not really a rank structure. It's, it's who's, who's the right person for the job is kind of how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but almost everyone I work with, and it doesn't matter what rank you are or what, what position you're on a team or in a troop. If, if someone has a good idea and it works and makes sense, yeah. we'll be the first one, even if he's a brand new, brand new guy, two guys in, you know, two days to being in the unit. If he's got a good idea and it works and makes sense. We'll be the first one to high five and be like, yep, we're, we're going to change. Yeah. Cause we're, that's, open. That's, that, awesome. that's how it should be. And that that's how you become great. Yeah. So, and you would, you would think that you would, you know, cause there is kind of that, that cultural trick trickle down <laughs> effect, um, at least to some degree from like the military down to law enforcement at the local level, you would, you would think you would see more of that. Um, and I think to your earlier point, we, we are in some places, like I know the city up the street from me, they're actually issuing handguns with red dots, you know, like that's, Hey, standard yep. issue. You're getting this. You have to run it. You have to learn how to use it. No highway option. Um, it's probably the only one. And I, I I don't know of any others in my state. I'm sure there's probably other ones, but you know, it's yeah, nice it's, that you can actually see yeah, those. Kinds which of- is, which is good. Yep. Yeah. Those are the departments that are evolving. Right. And unfortunately that you still, you see a lot that, that just, they cling to things and I, you know, being 2022 liability, I feel like is kind of King. And I think that, and maybe this has been your experience with what you encounter with, with law enforcement training is it's all about the liability piece. Like you have to run a white light, which, I mean, I think you should, but it has to be this one because this reason, whether it's a good light or not, this right. is what you have to do. You have to run this kind of rifle, you know, whether it's a good idea or not. And this optic, whether it's outdated or not, because that's what, you know, that's what we, we decided that makes the most sense and our insurance rider is still good with it or whatever. Yep. And yep. it's, unfortunately, it's unfortunate. That is, that is still happening. So, I mean, when, <clears throat> when you're out training law enforcement or, I mean, I guess anybody really, um, is it, is it still a, 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 the perceived notion, a lot of this institutionalized stuff, like shooting, uh, was it isosceles or, uh, you know, all these like weird grips and, and then things that were, were very old school that we don't really see anymore. Um, or is it really a noticeable change in your opinion? Uh, what just do, like you're talking law enforcement or in general? I mean, I would say in general, but I, I mean, I don't know what you do more of if it's civilian training or if it's law enforcement training. Yeah, it's probably a little, probably law enforcement majority. Um, but yeah, there it definitely it goes back to what we were just talking about uh, that whole this is the way it's going to be thing, and then that that's the way that they're taught, and then they try to force yourselves to make that work. Um, I am not that kind of guy when it comes to my instruction um it's it's definitely uh or i'm definitely not a it's my way the highway kind of instructor like i'm i'm forcing you to do drills that i know if you do over and over and i'm forcing you to do the reps on you'll start figuring out what actually works for you and that's how it should be right every every individual should have their own style like you can't you can't have one specific way to shoot and think that's going to work for 100 people Right. Everyone's bodies are different. 
everyone's hands are different. Yeah. Everyone's arms are different. You got to come up with your own style of shooting. Um, so like in, in most of my classes, yeah, I will give you tips hundred percent. I do instruct, but I'm, I'm more of a coach. Like I'm, I'm, I am there to force you to do drills that I know if you do over and over, which that's what I force people to do is do the reps. You start figuring out what actually works for you. That That is the key. Yeah. And I think that's an important point. You know, everyone's, uh, and this, and this is something I think people hold themselves to what I'll call like a false standard because, you know, uh, they're hypercritical of themselves. They, in some instances, only know what they see on the internet, right? So like, I can't make my, my shooting look like this guy's, I can't make my reloads look like this, you know, Instagram personality, whatever. And, you know, you kind of can't see the forest or the trees, right? It's like, well, that's not really the point. Is it like, if it looks different, but you can achieve the same, or let's say a similar standard, you're just as effective. Right. Isn't that good enough? And I mean, everyone, should be, the everyone should be smart enough to know that that's the only thing that matters. Uh, I think a lot of people, like we're talking about watching videos, they're looking for the easy, the easy way out, right? They, they want to watch that one person be like, okay, that's the, that's the way he does it. And then they, mm -hmm. they try to force themselves to do it that way. Um, yeah. that, that's, that's not going to work for everyone. No, it's, like, and I, it's yeah, just people going don't to through, admit it. Just do the drills that they're doing and do it your way to the point where, where you can do it just as fast and just as accurate as what they were doing in the video, but it, it doesn't matter what it looks like. No. And, you know, and, and to that point too, I mean, does the drill make sense? I mean, cause you see some of this stuff out there and like, my God, it's like somebody just sat down one day and goes, I just want to make a drill. I'm going to come up oh, with the yeah. most convoluted, stupid shit that you have ever. And, and there's, you know, likewise, there's some really good ones that are really good at testing your standards. Like there's a couple of good cold starts out there that are just like, Hey, this is great. But then I've also seen some stuff where it's like, you know, 10 rounds, 10 rounds, transition, two rounds, reload, two rounds, transition back, reload. It's like, okay, uh, is there a point to what we're, what we're trying to achieve here? I mean, I don't really know. Uh, yeah, I mean, people, people make up drills and I, I mean, I have drills that I've made up to, to kind of like, to, cause I've been asked like, what would be, what would be a good standard? Mm -hmm. where, where if I was a shooter and I was doing these drills to know like where I was at operationally, you know, so I mean, I've, I've come up with drills as well. I mean, people come up with drills. It's a selling point, but it is, it, it is to some, to some sort or some sense of a standard. So, I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with running drills and trying to complete those drills as long as it's forcing you to do like the right training. Like most of the drills that I have come up with have, have that background to them. Like it's like, if, if you can do it and you can do the standard, you can do the, you can do the time standard and you can do it without missing. That's awesome. But as you were going through that process, all I'm doing is forcing you to do the constant, like is bringing the, bringing the gun up, getting sight picture, pull the trigger, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm you, you might think, all right, this is cool. I'm doing this drill. I'm trying to, I'm trying to create it. I'm really just forcing you to do your, like, do the ready up. Yeah. And it's, but it kind of makes it fun, but, but there's a, there's a reason behind it. Like mo any of the drills right. I've come up with, there's a reason behind it. I, I didn't, I didn't just pull the drills out of my ass thinking, okay, this will be a fun drill. Like there's exactly. always, there's always something which I think is important. And like running drills too. I say it in all my classes. 
like running gun and drills in classes. I don't like doing them because it wastes a lot of time, especially if you have a big, if you have a big class, because you know, you can only run one guy through a drill at the time at the same yeah. at, at one time, right? So now you got you got twelve other guys waiting to do the drill. It eats up a lot of your range time in a class. So I don't like doing drills, um, like running gun and drills. Yeah, uh, but I do I do incorporate those into my classes every once in a while because it, it's a good way to to let you know if you're doing everything right. Like if you were just working on three different things on the range that day, like do you were doing ready up drills, transition drills, and shooting weak side, and then at the end of the day, if you incorporate a run and gun and drill, as long as you're incorporating those three things that you worked on that day, that's fine. Cause it'll, yeah. it'll bring out your faults. Like if you were doing everything perfect on the flat range, cause you're, you're, you're paying attention to it. That's your, your, your only focus. And then all of a sudden you put it into a drill, which now I got guys on the clock and now they're stressed out cause they're trying to beat their buddies or they're trying to beat the clock. Well, yep. now if they're fucking up their transition where they were doing it hundred percent perfect on the flat range, but now they're fucking it up in a drill. It lets you know that, that you're not dialed in yet. Like you yeah. still oh, no. need to go and, back to the flat range and perfect that to, to when you're running in a drill, you're not screwing it up. Right. So and drill, drills are awesome to bring out your faults. And that's, you know, honestly, it's funny that you even just said transitions because that's, you know, uh, again, it started a, a bit of an argument on a post, whatever, but a couple of rifle classes. Right. And at the, towards the end, we always get into, uh, or at least at this one location, we get into just, uh, support side shooting, right. Um, whether you're bumping over or actually transitioning shoulders. And in both instances, the only time we had a negligent discharge was during the, the transition to the, uh, non-dominant hand. And it's like, and it was dur- during that, uh, the running gun stuff, like the course of fire at the end where you're, you know, run forward, put four rounds on transition, you know, like, because people are under stress and they're trying to, you know, everyone's sitting in line while that one guy's running the drill. Like you're saying that the other 10 of us are sitting there, you know, fucking chirping at each other, giving each other a hard time. Like, you know, talking about who's going to run faster and everything. And then when the guy gets up there, uh, you know, he fucking has an ND and uh, it's like, you know, do we want all day? We didn't have one and it was, and here's the ironic part too. And because I think a lot of people will put weight behind people that say that they have military service only as some kind of like, like weight really. So this was a guy a little bit older. He's like, yeah, him and his buddy were there. We were in Kosovo. I'm like, okay. Didn't tell us what they did. Didn't tell us anything. They both kind of shot like shit and were like the, you know, they're just chirping the whole time, giving everybody a hard time. And he was the one with the ND and it's like, dude, come on. Like that, that's just, it. I think it highlights for some people like a, it's a perishable skill. Like you got to keep up on this shit. B just having been in the military period does not make you any kind of expert, any kind of, you know, right. subject matter, you know, specialist or anything. Um, it, you know, and, it, and further, right. You need to work on things like transitions, you know, like maybe not all the time, Probably yeah, one well, of your top that, five things. That definitely brought out a fault, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. Well, and the shitty part, and I've told this story before too, but you know, I, I really like the instructor. Robbie does a great job. It's uh, Ann Arbor Arms here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
and he gets to the end and he's very open to input, you know, not necessarily criticisms. I'll say that my words, not his, but like, Hey, what'd you like? What didn't you like? What would you like to see us do more? And this guy like gotten his shit about it. He was like, well, why didn't you, you know, blow the whistle on me? Why didn't you make me start to draw all over again? You know, when I was in, I think he said, when I was in boot camp, my Sergeant would have, you know, and, uh, you know, Robbie's a former, uh, infantry guy. He's a, uh, Ranger qualified infantryman. So, I mean, he's, he's done some stuff, spent some time as a SWAT team leader. Like again, you know, not, he doesn't throw it around, but he's done enough things that, uh, you know, I trust learn from him. Right. And he goes, well, you know, that's a legitimate question. Uh, your discharge was downrange, so it was safe. And in real life, if you do that, the threat is still there. So I wouldn't want you to train to just give up because you had an oops in the middle of the string of fire. And the guy was like, well, I, I just don't agree with it. I think you're, you know, teaching people to enforce bad habits. And it's like, dude, then don't take the fucking class again. Like I can only do so much to help you. Um, but you know, it, it just highlights that I think some of that stuff there, there is something to be said for it. And again, these fundamentals, like, I don't know, keeping your finger off the fucking trigger until you're ready to shoot safety manipulation. These are all things that, I think a lot of people take for granted, like dry practice it, presenting the gun, safety off, don't pull the trigger, like break those training scars. Just my opinion, but I think it's, it's, it's very much overlooked, yeah. um, you know, and a lot of it goes back to like just fundamentals, right? Those, those basic fundamentals that you can piece together to, to build skills. But if one of those isn't there and I, I think kind of to the way it sounds with how you teach and how you approach it, you know, it's about the fundamentals. Your breakdowns come from having shitty fundamentals, not because you didn't practice your speed reloads enough. Although, yeah, I mean, I still I mean, practice it. Just, just, just by, just by going on safe, it's a fundamental, right? I mean, so like that, that AD or ND wouldn't have happened if you had the fundamentals straight up down, like before doing anything, if you're not engaging, guns should be on safe, right? Yep. If the, gun, if the gun was unsafe, nothing would happen. So, I mean, that, that, that does go back to just like training on the fundamentals like getting that dialed down to where you don't even have to think about it. So when you're under stress, like because, because of that drill and be, be, being on the, the, uh, the shop timer, um, going on safe, finger coming off the trigger shouldn't be something you're thinking about. It should just happen automatically. Yeah. It should be something that's, that's built into your, your, your subconscious at that point, you know, like, yeah. It should be. So, same. It's exactly what I put out in all my classes, usually at the end of the day. First day or second day or both, I'll talk I'll talk about that. You know, the stuff that we had done, even though it's boring basic stuff, it's it's getting it's getting to the point where you're when you're under stress, things are taking over. Like when I'm in a gunfight, I don't have to remember to put the gun on fire. Finger mm -hmm. finger being on the trigger the exact same spot that it's supposed to be every time. Like I've done it. I've done it hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times to where it's on autopilot, like where both hands go on the, on the rifle or pistol, um, as it comes up, uh, up to target, they're going to be the, that exact same spot without me thinking about it. Me getting sight picture is going to happen without me, me thinking about it. Um, like where my feet are, depending if I have time to you know, be in a good stance, the stance is going to be where it needs to be without thinking about it. Cause I've done it hundreds of thousands of times in the flat range. And that's how, no, that's how it has to be in a gun. You can't have to think about what your hands are doing and what your body is doing uh, while you're shooting. That has to be on autopilot. 
So your brain can be 100% focused on the situation in front of you. So let me ask you this. Do you run into it at all during during any of your classes? Because it is, you know, because you said it's boring basics, you know, is how it's perceived. Do you run into that in classes where guys will like stop you or something and go, hey, when are we going to get to the good stuff? I thought that I came here to learn. I already know how to do all this stuff. But then, you know, like uh, when it comes out in the wash, when you actually have them run the drill or whatever, and it's like, yeah, but you're you can't shoot a group or or whatever. Like you're not really where you think you are. No, I never. So I've, I've never I've been doing this for seven years. I've never had anyone say say that they, that might be in the back of some people's minds, but. I always start out my class by saying it's going to be basic, boring stuff, but I have a reason behind it. So I think I'm a little bit fortunate from other people that are trying to teach the basic boring stuff because mm-hmm. like I have hundreds of gunfights under my belt. So like I, just, I don't, people tend I don't to it's... listen to me more just because of my background. And I think I'm very, I am lucky too, because I'm, the majority of the people that come to my classes already know that they're coming to a boring basic class, <laughs> right? They because they know. know who I am. So yeah. like I have never I've never had anyone say, like, yeah, I thought we were gonna do like, you know, run and gun and stuff. They already know what they're getting into. So I'm I'm very fortunate with my classes on that. Um, but I but I'll tell people and maybe this is the reason why they don't say anything, is because at the beginning of the class, I'll I'll always be the first one to say. I don't care if you like my class. Like at, at the end of the second day, uh, if you know, I think a lot of instructors are out there to make people happy and to wow them and it to be a, a wow, a wow class, you know. So when they Market leave that, themselves, oh, yeah. That yeah. was such a freaking cool class. I literally could care less. I don't care what you think of my class. Um, if if even if every single person that came to my class hated my class, I wouldn't change it. Because I know yeah. what I'm teaching works, so it's, it's so hard. I, I to let learn. people know that from the from the very beginning, so the, it wouldn't matter what what they they could they could say they hated it all day long. It wouldn't hurt my feelings, and I'm the same way person like personality wise. Actually, not 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 personally, but as an instructor, I don't care how you feel about me. Like yeah. like I don't I don't I am not there to be your friend. I'm not there for you to leave after two days and be like. Oh man, Bob Keller was fucking awesome. I could care less if you like me or not. I am truly there to save lives. Yeah, so, and it's like it's when I do my people... classes, that that is the only thing that is my concern is to train you enough to where you're ever in a situation exactly. you can hopefully save your life. So yeah, it's hard for people to realize that it's. I, I think, especially from the civilian side of things, right? Like liking the instructor is. I mean aside from some like egregious things, right? Where the point is there to, to, to learn, to be better at shooting. Yeah. You know, like liking the instructor is in a lot, in a lot of ways an added benefit. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that to your point, right. A lot of guys try to market that way. Oh, I'm cool. I like to have fun. We joke a lot. And I'm sure you can still do all of those things and still have an effective class, you know, on, whether it's fundamentals or not. But what I think people don't want to admit, a lot of people probably realize it, but they don't want to admit it because uh, I, I teach music. That's where my background was before I, way before I got into shooting. And I deal with high school kids 
who are very much the same way as people that I've seen in shooting classes is that nobody wants to spend the time on the fundamentals. Everyone wants to be as good as the, you know, the Rangers, the Green Berets, the SEALs, they see whatever doing all the, the fucking super fast, you know, low drag shit. But when you sit them down, you go, you can't do this, this or this. So how the hell are you going to do that? And they don't like hearing it. And then half the time they quit and give up. And it's like, you have to put the time in here. Like you will get so much further by having really good fundamentals because it enables you to just pick things up faster. You don't struggle as much when you're starting to compound those things together. Yep. And I just, yeah. and, and ultimately it comes down to what I said before. It's, it's for when you're actually in a gunfight and you're stressed out, all the shooting part just, it goes on autopilot. Yeah. Like you, and you it, should get done. With, you should get done with the gunfight and not remember going on fire, finger going on trigger, pulling the trigger properly. Like that, it should all happen naturally. So and that's brain, a lot. That's brain, a lot. You, when you're in a, gunfights are freaking heck. There's a lot of shit going on, especially especially when you're doing it as a team or a troop. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving elements. Like I can't be my brain can't be clouded by by the shooting part. Like that literally has to be on autopilot. So my brain can be a hundred percent focused on the situation in front of me and all the calls that I'm making. So even right. though I'm thinking about other things, like where am I going to, where am I going to bring, put my team? Where's the other team going? I'm thinking about that in my head as I'm, as I'm still saving my life, like making shots. So I can't be thinking about how my hands are on the gun or where my fingers on the trigger, how I'm pulling the trigger. That has to happen naturally. And that it all goes back to just doing the reps of the basics. And so in your experience, then having been in different situations, scenarios, gunfights, right? It, it, it just, how can I even put this? Is there even a, I mean, there's a reason to practice a lot of those other fundamentals. We, we talked about that, but like, I, I think people have an, uh, an overestimation of how involved some of this can get if you're doing things correctly. Like you said, a, like a bolt lock is not exactly the normal, right? Uh, you know, it's, if you do things before that correctly, you shouldn't go through the whole magazine. Is that, I mean, more often than not, is that really kind of how it went for you guys? I've, I've, I've literally been in hundreds of gunfights in my career. I've done one speed reload my whole career. One? I've gone bolt lock one time. That's it. People, people, people at class are like, "That's freaking no way!" Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't. I would not it's believe not that. Like, <laughs> it's not like the movies. Like every scene, every scene, you're not doing ten meg 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 changes. Um, if you are truly getting sight picture before squeezing the trigger every time, you should never go bolt lock or slide lock ever in a gunfight. The reason why people go bolt lock and slide lock in gunfights is they're pulling the trigger without getting sight picture and they're missing. But if you never miss, yeah. I don't care how many people that are in front of you, especially with a rifle, you should never go bull lock. And yeah, when people are moving, when, when, when people are moving and going to position, it's not easy to make shots. I mean, there are misses. Um, but like, like as someone's coming across open trainer, going to another, another supportive position, if I don't have sight picture, I'm, I'm not pulling the trigger. I'm not just, I'm not blazing away at the guy. Yeah. So I'm I not, think... so I'm not running out of ammo. Like I said, one time, one time I've gone bullock and I have been in some pretty fucking cool gunfights. 
And <laughs> I and awesome. I, I literally maybe I've I've seen that I can think of. I've maybe seen three other people on target doing reloads. Now combat reloads like plusing up, that's happening yeah, all that's the time. Totally different. Totally different. But yeah, bullock, maybe, maybe, maybe two or three other people I've seen go bullock. We don't miss for one, we know how to shoot. So we don't miss. Right. Yeah, and again, we're not shooting just for the fuck of it, which a lot of people under stress are gonna shoot just for the fuck of it. Right, because that's like that's the easy answer. Just put bullet, you know, put lead down range. Um, right. No, you have the discipline. Even though you get, even though bullets are coming flying by your face, if you don't have sight picture, you don't pull the trigger. And if you well, truly and, always do that, you'll never miss, and you'll never fucking run out of ammo. Well, and that's the personal accountability piece that I think people lose. Again, like it just you see so. I mean, and it's seeing people that can do these things, right? And you want to go. You want to go as fast as they can, but until you yeah, experience yeah. it, you don't understand like, Hey, there's a reason why those shots come so infrequently when you're working around a barricade. Like it's really hard when you're standing on your head, trying to shoot, you know, the bottom of the VTAC barricade and get that, you know, that, that steel target 50 yards away. Like it's going to take some time. Like, yeah, get down there. You got to line it up and you should be accountable every time you pull the trigger. But people just want to like, Oh yeah, my part-time sucks. I'm so bad at this. Like, no, I mean, could you be better? Yeah. Probably, <laughs> but yeah. I think you're looking at the wrong thing. You know, did you get a, a good sight picture? Do you know that you hit the target? Like real life misses are really, really bad. <laughs> that, that that goes into the whole point shooting and instinct shooting. I thought, I thought I mean, that's where you were going to go with that. Oh, no, I mean, it, that stuff, you know, because I don't know, I've never really worked a whole lot on the whole concept of point shooting um, or really done a lot of research on it, if I'm being t- entirely honest. For yeah, some, don't. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> so, I mean, for some things, it almost starts to make some sense if you're close up, right? Like just point shoot. You can't miss because how close up you are. And you, like I said, to, to some point, it almost starts to make sense, but unless you're literally like all up on my shit trying to grab me and I'm shooting from retention from concealment or something like, no, I'm going to wait for sight picture. Like I don't want to go to federal fucking prison for, you know, taking that shot before I was ready. I don't, I don't subscribe to that way of thinking. I think it is. And for whatever that's worth, because I don't, you know, just my opinion, I don't see, I don't see where it fits into things, you know, like, could you train to it for some things like occluding your sights or something? Like maybe you could benefit from that in some adjacent way. I don't know. Again, I haven't done enough to it, but I know it is one of those, like, it's one of those things that just, it became like a, like a buzzword, you know, or a buzz term for like a year or two there. And everyone was talking about point shooting. Like, it's really cool. I'm going to duct tape over my dot. I'm going to duct tape over my irons. And like, I'm just going to yeah. point shoot. Well, and here- Exactly. I mean, I don't, I can't believe that there would even be an argument to it. So I, I know what you're talking about. Not only point shooting, just not with sights on, but then doing the whole tape in the sights and all right, what if I didn't have sights? If I, if I don't have sights, I'm, I'm going to the guy. I'm either, I'm either out of the fight or, or I'm just going to freaking murder the guy with my hands. Like if there, if yeah. there is a, now overseas where it's a little bit different for us. You know, like if, if I know for a fact there is no friendlies on target and all that is beyond beyond the target is desert, um, it might be a little bit different. But here in the United States, every shot is a no-fail shot. 
even if you can't see a friendly beyond the target, there's still a possibility that there's a friendly beyond the target. Yeah. I mean, and there, that's... there is always a chance that you could shoot a friendly in the United States. I don't and you have to understand that. Where you're at. You so, have to. Like, it's your responsibility. You know, so, yeah, if you're pulling trigger without sights, because the sights are gone, you're like, ah, I practiced this before. I think, you know, I think I'm on target. Like, are you, where, where are those rounds going? You don't know. I mean, that's what sights are for, right? To know that you're, yeah. you're on target. Uh, and, and I love, and I've said this in tons of podcasts before, like, so I, there, there are a certain amount of people at our teaching points shooting at certain distances on certain targets, maybe even certain situations. Um, it's, it's a straight up no go from me. If you don't have sight picture, you don't pull the trigger. And these people yeah. that are teaching it, like, yeah, well, you can do it and you can, you can do it. I mean, I've seen, I've seen guys do it from the hip at, out to distance and they're making, they're making shots on the, on the video, you know, and it's on a, it's on a big six piece of steel, but those people that are teaching that in that class, I would love to have one of their family members behind the berm. Mm. And then right after they got done teaching that, pull that family member out behind that berm, put them in front of that target and be like, I want you to do that same thing right now. Do you think they would do it? I would, I, I would hope the answer would be no. I would hope the there's, answer. There's would be no, no fucking way that they wouldn't get sight picture if their family member is in front of that target. No, no I mean, fucking way. No, I mean, it, it's so they're te- they're teaching shit j- just because it looks sexy on fucking video. It's easier to sell it because it's new. It's a but different. Would, concept. But would they do it if it counted and their family member is in front of the target? There's no fucking way anyone would do it. They would sit there for 10 seconds getting sight line and sight picture or sight picture before pulling that trigger. So right. so if they're not willing to do it with their family member in front of that target, don't do it with my family member in front of the target. And they're teaching this to people that don't know any better. So you got day one guys that are watching videos and, and these guys have hundreds of thousands of followers that now people are watching going, oh, this guy's point shooting. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think? What do you think they're going to do the next time they go to the range? They're going to practice push. They're going to try it. Yep. Yeah, they're going to try it. Whatever they, they saw. That now they're going to think this is the way that they're going to they're going to do it. And then kind of come time to, you know, worst case scenario, down the road, they actually get in a gunfight sometime. What do you think they're going to do? Because that's the way they train. They're going to fucking punch yep. you. They're going to fall to the lowest it's level It's irresponsible for these fuckers that are teaching this shit um, yeah. to be putting this stuff out on video because people listen to them. I mean, I think if if you're at the point in your own skills where you can you can shoot well, you have good fundamentals, and you want to start screwing around with that. I mean, by all means, like it, your ammo, your money, your range time, do whatever you want. Obviously, but yeah, to your point, to it's malfeasance. I think to take advantage of people that don't know any better and try and teach them that this is like even remotely acceptable. I just. And like I said, to me, it almost started to make sense for like the first bit of it. You know what I mean? Like 10 yards and in, maybe it makes sense. Like maybe there's something to it. I've never personally tried it. But the more I looked into it, the little bit that I did, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, I just, <laughs> well, I don't know smart. that I, I don't know if I buy into <laughs> you didn't this get shit. Sucked like, into it. <laughs> you know, and that's what, you know, for better or for worse, you know, I think the internet's been great for a lot of things. Like I said, that's how I, I found out who you were. You know, those that video series was very enlightening and and great. And then 
and that was five years ago, right? Since then, Instagram has blown up and this is where you find people and training and concepts and all kinds of stuff. But with the good, I think you know, also comes the bad. And I think that that's an example of the bad, you know, people don't know what they don't know. And when they see concepts like that, they're like, oh man, I'm going to jump on that new hotness. I'm going to be, I'm going to be all up on it and I'm going to be better than buds at it. And, you know, like they skip over things like fundamental shooting or, you know, I mean, even learning how their gun works. Like the number of people I've seen that show up to classes that like, they don't know how to clear a malfunction, which if you're there to learn that, then that's part of the class, then cool. But you can't safe, you can't safely like handle your firearm. You know, uh, this happened at the last class I took. I said, this is a really good story. You'll love this shit. Uh, guys, former Egyptian military, which I think over there you have to serve for like two years or something. I don't, I don't know. This guy was a goddamn liability. I mean, like we were doing, you know, face it cause it was indoor range. Right. And, uh, on the, on the shot timer, you do a 180, you know, spot over your shoulder. Then you bring the gun up off safe. Right. And two rounds on target. So it was to work on sight alignment and footwork essentially those two fundamental things. And this guy was bringing the gun up as he was turning, you know, he was resetting and leaving his gun, you know, just flagging everyone. Oh yeah, dude, the instructor lost. I like Robbie's a very, like I consider him a good friend and he's a very calm dude, very like collected guy. doesn't get like worked up on anything. Dude. I thought he was going to wring this, this guy's neck. Like, (laughs) what the fuck are you doing? Like, do you realize you just flag everybody by doing that? He's like, well, I had to turn around. Like, so leave the fucking gun down and turn and then bring it up. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, luckily he, the way he turned over his right shoulder, I was standing to his left. So I didn't get flagged. You didn't have to worry about it. I was fucking pissed. You know, that's just, Uh, you know, and I live, it's not the first time that shit's happened to me. You know, I live a couple miles from eight mile and it's really not as bad as at least here. It's not as bad as people make it out to be, but I've been flagging ranges by AKs and scars and all kinds of shit. And thankfully, you know, in both instances, good range officers that were like, all right, you're fucking done. Get out of here. But I mean, it happens more than people want to realize. Like, don't point a gun at somebody. Yeah. Duh. But it happens. Yep. You know, yep. Um, just that fundamental shit that it's like, start with the rules of safety. Like, oh, yeah, I know that. Like, really? Could you tell me all four right now? Most people can't. No one, no one, no one knows them. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, you, you tell people these stories and they go, well, that just makes sense. Like, yeah, of course, that's so dumb. Why would you do that? But then those are the people that the next week would go to the range and do it because they weren't yeah. thinking. Until, and, until they actually see it for real or, or it happens to them, most most people that, that shoot a couple times a year just don't ever, they don't, they don't ever see bad things happen. So they don't think that it can happen. You know, it's, right. it, it takes it takes someone actually happening to them or them seeing it happen to where almost some where someone almost gets shot to where they finally like, oh, I totally get how dangerous this shit is. Yeah. Because most people just don't think that it's going to like even the gun. If the gun's on fire, my fingers on the trigger, at least my, if I'm not squeezing it, nothing's going to happen. You know, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not how ignorant true. people are, though. Um, if it's, it's so like where where I ended up at the unit. We are fucking safety Nazis, and a lot of people, a lot of people will be like, "Really, you guys are like big on safety?" Like they think it'd be opposite. Like the higher you go, the less safety conscious you're going to be. It's totally opposite. The reason why we're such safety Nazis, we've seen a lot of shit go wrong. 
Yeah. Right. So the and the more that you shoot, and the more that the more range time you have, the more gunfights you get in. The 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 weirder things you see happen to these guns, the more it makes you to to be a safety like a, a, a or big on the the safety. So you mean like it's not. Whole, it's like not Black just Hawk like that scene that, in yeah Black Hawk Down with Eric yeah, Banner and this is my whole, safety. Like, this is my yeah. safety. That is not the fucking. That is not what happens at the unit. Trust me, we are fucking safety Nazis, yeah. and it it should be that way for day one beginners, but it's not. It's it's the opposite. Day one beginners are are the the least safe, and it's just because they haven't seen bad things happen. Yeah, well, and and yeah, you need to have a healthy understanding for what what can happen you know like uh the perfect example and i use this with friends that want to learn how to shoot kind of totally left field but growing up my grandpa had a boat they spent all the time in the lakes here in michigan like teaching how to swim like you shouldn't be afraid of the water as a kid you're always afraid you want to drown whatever like, don't be afraid of it have respect for what it can do but don't be afraid of it and that just really resonated with me as a kid so now when i talk to people about going to the gun range like Oh, I don't want to shoot the big gun because it. I, I give me a, a little one to shoot, and that's like usually my go-to thing. Is like, don't be afraid of it. Have respect for what it can do, but don't be afraid of it. Also, understand you're putting like the same explosion from that big gun in this little one, so really not going to be the yeah. outcome. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's like take that V8 out of the out of that truck in the parking lot <laughs> and put it in your Volkswagen. It's going to be go. a bad time. You know, like just trust me on this. Take the bigger one to start. Like I, yeah. I started with M and P shield. I want to kick my own ass every time I, I talk about it because I hated shooting that thing. The first year I shot, I, before I bought an M and P, like a full size, I hated that thing. I'm like, this is what shooting is like. I'm just bad at it. This just sucks, you know? And it just turns out like it wasn't a good fit for me. I have gigantic hands. I hate the fucking trigger on the gen one, uh, Smith and Wesson stuff. Um, people just don't, yeah, they don't understand. So you get out there and like, have to explain it to them and, and force them through the motions, so to speak, to like learn this is how it is. Yep. You know, listen to what I'm telling you. Yep. And it's, I just, you have to learn, right? So sometimes it's by failure, sometimes it involves wasting money. You got to learn though. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, with what you've encountered, you know, in your, your teaching experiences and everything, does that, I don't even know uh, where does that kind of stuff come in with the civilian teaching? Do you have people showing up that have absolutely no, no clue or, or think they have way more of an idea? I think that's, I think for me, it's, it's the second one people that think that they have an idea or, or where they were, they think that at a certain level before coming. And then after taking the class, they're like, I had no clue. I had no clue how bad I was, which is awesome. That's so much worse than I thought. <laughs> yeah, which is that's freaking badass because that that that, that kind of pushes them to be like, I need to go back to the range and figure shit out, you know. So it, yeah. it's a good thing. I I I've hundred percent had day one uh, beginners, people that have like literally didn't even know where the selector switch was. Like I I've had that, but I I think just because of my background and and people research me before coming to a class. Um, I get a, a little bit of a, a better, I wouldn't say not better, I'd say a more proficient clientele. You know, I mean, they've actually shot a yeah. rifle, they shot a pistol, they, they might have 
no clue how they should be shooting it for real, but they at least have done it. But I, I've, I've had day one beginners and like my classes are set up for that. It, it doesn't matter. You can come to one of my intro classes and be a day one beginner or a guy who's been doing this for 30 years and still get a shit ton out of it. Like, that's what I'm oh, saying. No. Like guys, guys that like, I have literally talked to people after class. They've like, I've been shooting for 20 years and thought I knew what I was doing. And then after this class, I was like, I, I had no clue, which is awesome. That's fucking yeah. great to hear. Yeah. I mean, I would almost even, I, I would almost even have that day one person over somebody who's overconfident just because you're not breaking as many bad habits yeah, uh, especially if it's been 20 as, as years. As they're listening and doing what you're saying. Well, because I mean, it is yeah. it is very hard. If you're day one, you're in a class. It's it's nerves. It's nervous. Or you're going to be nervous. Yep. As a day one guy being in a class with a bunch of people that know what they're doing. Um. So the whole trigger control is working, working the selector switch, and that's that's what we do right off the bat. Is 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 a lot of ready up drills, which you're forced to do that. So eventually. You're getting that down pat right off the bat. So as a as a day one beginner, most of those people are learning a lot. They don't they're not they don't have to relearn stuff. They just have to learn right. stuff. The the guys yeah. that have been training for 20 years, they have to relearn stuff and then learn stuff. You know, I mean it's like like they have to go away from all the things that they've been doing for the last 20 years and get that other system and then start from scratch. So it's very hard for those people. Yeah, I mean it's if it goes against what you, what, you know, you know, where your muscle memory is and you're, you're breaking those bad habits. And I, I forget what the number is. It's like 32 or something repetitions to break a bad habit or something, but only, you know, five to build a good, start building a good habit or right. some shit. There's some number there, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it, it is difficult, but I think if you approach it with the understanding that you walked in the door to be told what you're doing wrong, like, Hey man, like suck it up. Fucking like, yeah. I, I welcome that kind of thing. Like, honestly, I, when I go into class, I, my first class, I was definitely, like you taught nervous. Like my goal in the first class was just like, all right, just don't be the shittiest one here. Don't be the shittiest one here. And I, I wasn't like, honestly, I was very surprised at how it shook out, but like, I was actually one of the better shooters in the class. Like, okay, cool. Like I can deal with this. Now I go back to class and I'm like, all right, I want to hear something I'm doing wrong. Like find something like, on one hand, it's like, you know, I want my money's worth. I don't want to just be told that I'm doing everything right, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you want to get better. So tell me what I'm doing wrong. So you got to, um, who was it? Uh, I think it was like uh, Kevin Owens, right? One of the Fieldcraft guys. He said it really well. He's like, you can carry a gun or an ego, but you can't do both. I'm like, that makes a hell of a lot of sense, you know? So I, I, it's tough for people, but you get the ego out of it. And you just look at, Hey, I came here to learn. Right. So yeah lay it on me. Like what, where, where am I fucking up? That's how, that's how that's the, that's the attitude you should have hundred percent. You got more people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And at the very least, I think from some of those interactions and stuff, whether it's from somebody else in the class you're watching or instructor at the very least, learn something not to do or why you don't want to do it or whatever. You can always learn something. Um, in my, in my experience, it's, it's a mindset thing more than anything. Um, so let's transition just real quick. So, uh, 
what are you seeing in terms of, and I know gear doesn't always translate to better skill and actually it almost never does. Um, but from a gear standpoint, are you seeing people starting to like adopt some of the new ideas, the new technology, you know, uh, red dots on pistols? Um, and thankfully I think the, the community's kind of gotten away from compensators on everything and muzzle brakes. Cause I hate that shit. Um, but it does seem that there's some tried and true things that are coming out with dots, uh, with some better, you know, designs and ergonomics on things. Um, are you starting to see the adoption of that in like the law enforcement side and, and that kind of take hold, uh, at least with whatever limits they can, I know they can't just buy new guns every other year, but. Yeah. Yeah. In the last, especially in the last like three years, definitely. Uh, just on red dot red dots alone a, a good example is, is pistols i think eventually it might take 20 years 30 years but everyone will have a red dot on their pistol and that is starting to come around like mm-hmm. like when i first started doing it it'd be maybe one one person per three classes that would have a red dot on their pistol and now it's almost 50 50 yeah well, I mean, law enforcement, law enforcement, they kind of get screwed. It depends on the department. So some some departments are allowing the guys to buy their own. And then they're coming with with red dots on their pistols. Uh, some departments are going to red dot, which is awesome. Uh, eventually, they all will have red dots on their pistols. It's just how long is it going to take? But civilian side, I mean, it's it's almost 50 percent of the class. Yeah, it, it doesn't now, make have, sense have not to if you can. Right. Like if it if it allows for it. Um I just had this conversation the other day with a buddy. Like, I'll never buy another handgun that's not at least optics ready. Like, give me the option. If I want to run irons, whatever, fine. No big deal. But why wouldn't you? The technology's there. It's proven. You know, we're not seeing guys strap Aimpoint T1s to their their Glock slide anymore. It's like the optics are getting tougher and smaller and better. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a hundred percent you should have. You should you should be running red dot on your pistol. I mean, obviously you gotta have backups. The thing they are gonna fail. You know, and anything oh, when yeah. it comes to technology, it doesn't. Same thing with your red dot on your rifle. No one questions that anymore. But you need to have backups because those things are gonna fail. Battery's gonna die. So you do need to know how to do both. Uh, but it's it's one hundred percent the the way to go. Now, did you ever uh, run into that with a with an optic failure? Because we get you hear a lot now about guys talking about well. You know, you should have backup red dot or backup iron sights, right? But it's an aim point, so it's not going to fail. And it's like, <laughs> it's fucking uh, stupid. You gotta have, <laughs> you gotta have backups. Like your operational gun. Like if that's the if that's the gun you're going to grab, go to a gunfight if if need be. Hundred percent needs to have backups. Hundred percent. Yeah. Did you ever one go down? Yeah, I've had I've had red red dots go down. We're fortunate enough to be on target with a, a shit ton of people. Uh, so if that happens, I just pull off. You know, either either I fuck around with it somewhere else on target, or if it's deadlined and I don't have. And I, <laughs> we're fortunate enough, so we don't do much. We don't do much day, daylight shooting anymore, or daylight fight fighting. So it's it was always lasers and, and night vision. Uh, but I've I've had red dots go down. That was back in the the EOTech days. Like I. My whole career, I actually shot EOTech. Um, SF, my SF days and unit days were all EOTech. So, I 
and that was back before like the whole the eotech what was the it? whole debacle with the was the it the temperature debacle. or something yeah yeah but they were notorious for going down i mean like slipping zeros uh, going down battery problems so like i would deploy with like three different eotechs no shit so wow. if one went down i'd go back that night and just put a new one on zero it real quick and then and then be good to go that's but, crazy i forgot about all that and so you, i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter what company you're going with doesn't matter who's fucking producing it eventually i mean it's technology uh it they will fucking fail you just have yeah. you just have to know that going into it that they're gonna fail and then you have backups so if you have to flip it back up about your, your iron sights go irons yeah i mean and not necessarily a, a knock on eotech like i i love my eotech great optic but i mean you plan for whatever happens aside from that right um fully acknowledging right now that i don't actually have backup irons on my gun and i don't really probably should uh, but I, I don't at the moment <laughs> um because i well i mean because you see this stuff now <laughs> run, they run risers you know and and i like it like the heads up shooting thing is awesome but it doesn't lend itself well to to running back of iron so that's something people have to account you know accommodate for account for hey are you going to get a riser for your back of irons are you going to find some way to make this work if your primary sighting system goes down yeah, just which put them on the side I mean, well then some people jump straight to that uh point shooting stuff you really don't need it you could just use the window of the eotech as your rear reticle yeah. and you can get close and it's like yeah again uh, do that with your family member and friendly target you absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> fuck that no <laughs> I mean, but it, it's, and it's one of those things that, again, people, people argue about it on the internet all the time. And if you're some, you know, if you haven't spent the time talking to people or looking into it, or, you know, obviously shooting yourself and doing it, you'd hear somebody go, oh yeah, irons are outdated. The future is now old man. Like you don't need irons. You don't need backups anymore. Like, you know, and it's like, it's, it's very similar to somebody. There's not a good way to say it. They're just talking out of their ass. You know, uh, I, I really think that if, if people who have been in those scenarios like yourself and, and obviously some really, several of the other guests that I've had on this podcast, right. People have actually done it and actually had those optics go down. Like maybe you should listen, you know, does it happen every time? No, but the time that it does could be the time that it counts. Right. So why not do it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you're asking me, you, you, you have to. Your operational gun has to have backup sights. Same thing with pistol. A lot of people that 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 come to the classes have red dots on, and and the red dot will go down, and they're like, oh, I can't see anything, right? I got nothing. And like, well, go to your iron sights. Well, I don't have iron sights on there. Like, I haven't put them on yet. Well, <laughs> if that if this would have been a gunfight, you'd have been fucked, you know. So yeah. it's like, and I see money. that a lot. I see Got that a lot and, and get, get, get iron sights, you know, guys will run red dots in their pistols and I, you see, you know, they'll have a little hole at the front of their slide and it's, you know, a Glock, whatever. Right. Cause they didn't put the, the, the front sight post back in and they don't want to pay the money. Maybe it's like a Delta point. So the body's a little bit taller than an RMR or something. Right. And they don't want to spend the money for that dovetail attachment. So they're like, well, it'll be fine. Like modern optics are great. It doesn't go down. It's like, dude, I, they have something, you know, see like it all, see it all the time. It's it, it, absolutely. I, I think 
I think it's dumb. Like if you shoot enough to have that opinion, you should have shot enough to understand that that opinion is wrong. You know, unless, unless it's like a dedicated, like competition gun or something and you're not, you know what I mean? Then, then fine. You get crazy with it. I don't, I don't shoot competitions. Fine. That's, that's your, your deal. You, you handle it however you want to. Uh, not that I think having irons on that would really weigh you down or cause any problems, but whatever. So, uh, but it's, it's again, it, one of these just things that gets passed around the community, you hear a ton of it and everyone's got an opinion. Um, but to you, I mean, you said this earlier, like, you know, usually when those kind of things pop up, the guys that message me with actual, we'll say operational experience, like they don't pop in the comments, they'll like direct message. And they're usually really nice about it too. Like, Hey man, I saw it. Like, I just want to let you know, like you're gonna get fucking killed. Like you should definitely not do that, you know? Um, and in some instances they'll send me videos like, Hey, it should look like this or, you know, a, a short story. Like, Hey man, I had this happen to me. It definitely is a thing, you know, like here, do that. Always super nice about it. Guys that have been there, been shot at, shot somebody, you know, really actually use these skills in context. Um, and it's always the guys that haven't that, that kind of run off the, you know, at the internet and, and talk about why things are, yeah, th- they should be the way they do it. It's unbelievable. So I was surprised. Uh, so you, so you're not, you don't like, uh, you don't like brakes on, on guns. Muzzle brakes. No, not on a five, five, six gun. I don't, I don't think it's necessary. If you have proper, like your support hand placements good and you're not like super old and frail and have some kind of issue. Like, I mean, I like, let me, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll clarify. I like shooting with a brake on a gun. I don't like being next to the guy that likes shooting with a brake on a gun. Um, the last class I was in, we had a it's like 68. He's a retired uh, Flint, Michigan cop. At, really good shooter. Honestly, really, really good. But he's older and he's running a 10 and a half inch uh, Daniel Defense pistol, AR pistol, with a dual, like a two port brake on the end of that thing. And I felt that shit from like eight feet away. I was pissed. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I'm running a can and. I'm like, why the fuck did you come in here with that shit? But then he find out he's, he didn't look 68. The man looked like he was in his early fifties. He looked great, but he's like, oh, I'm 68 years old. I'm too old for this shit. I, I need all the help. I can get. <laughs> okay, cool, man. Like I respect it. Well, that but, is, I mean, just, just for your, just for your knowledge and, and listeners. So like, cause I hear that all the time. Um, and when it, like when it comes to using a break, so most people don't like them because of, because they're loud and people don't like them next to you. Well, that's, that's in a class, right? Like mm-hmm. You got to think, you got to think, save your life stuff. So like when it comes down to, so, and I have, I have in there. So we've, we, it's funny. You said the, the whole, it almost comes down to, so we never used to use them at unit either. And I almost think it was, it was like a macho thing. Like we know how to shoot. We don't yeah. need these. Right. Right. Well, they fucking help. So, I mean, just, just, <laughs> I hear this all the time. That's why I'm bringing it up. Cause I, I do have, a, I have a con or I have, I have a break on mine and, and I never used to, and I never thought I had to. And I, and I probably don't need it. Right. Cause I do, I can, I can still control the gun phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. But with, with a break, I can even control it more. And like when it comes to dropping people in a gunfight, that, that is the only, 
thing that matters, like shots on target. So if, if you have a break, you can control the gun better on target. The gun's not coming off target. Faster follow on shots. Faster on follow on shots. I can drop someone faster to go to my next my next guy that's shooting at me, right? So like, True. and so it's funny. So I switched because I was like, when I was operationally, fuck no, I don't need these things. They're stupid. I can control the gun. And then when when I got out and I actually shot one, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm I can control the gun really good, but now I can control it fucking really good. So let me ask got, you this like, though, shots like on target. And so people at the unit now are actually running breaks too, which I thought was awesome because that was never a thing before. And it's just it's it's back when I said before, if something works and makes sense and makes you a better mm-hmm. shooter, why not do it? So then from a let's signature reduction standpoint, if you're running a can, does it make that much difference though? No, not if you're running a can. And, and I, I wish everyone could run cans. I mean, that would be freaking, that'd be awesome. Especially, especially so happy. I, I spent the money on it last black Friday. I got, uh, I got a dead air Sandman, you know, switched over, got my stamp. Uh, well, I refiled. I did the E form at the end of January, had it like second week of May. Like I super anxious the first time I shot it just cause I was afraid I was gonna get a baffle strike. Just, just total nerves. But after that, like, I fucking love it. I wish everybody ran a can. It's fun as hell. It looks cooler. Like <laughs> it checks all the boxes. Um, and then, and then, but 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 then it goes back to operational stuff too. So like in Iraq days, we never used to run cans because we didn't have to. Like in in home defense wise, and people in the states, what do you what are you hiding? For, right, you know, like what are you hiding if it's close in, especially home defense? And does it matter how loud it is? No. So you don't need a can. Like not many of us ran cans in Iraq because it was all urban fighting. Like it was all landing on the X. Um, if, if we're coming out of helicopters, landing on the on the rooftop, everyone knows we're there, right? We don't need to hide our good signature. Point. We don't need to be quiet. Um, cans are they're they're awesome. They're, they're in kind of the cool factor, but they're added yeah. bulk and they're fucking added weight. They are. So, they're way so heavier than anybody realizes. Wise, if I don't need a can, I'm not wearing. I'm not. I'm not running a can. Even though on the range, I wish everyone could have them. That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah. But operationally wise, like you're thinking like save your save your life type stuff. You don't you don't need a can. And in like when it comes to break, if I can control the gun on target better and, and have faster follow on shots, why the fuck not? Um, it it just makes sense. And a lot of people are like yeah, but it's so loud next to you. Like if you, if you were like what if you were on a team doing CQB, and you were right next to a guy that had a break. That'd be loud as hell. And how are you going to, like, it's just going to be loud. I guarantee if you're in a gunfight during CQB and someone has a loud break next to you, you ain't going to fucking know. Like, you're not going to wake up or go home that night and be like, that gun was really loud. <laughs> Trust me, if, if you were in the fear of your life, you're not going to fucking yeah. care what what anyone else was shooting next to you. That is so, a good point. <laughs> That's a good point when you put it that way. You got to think, you got to think operational instead of instead of comfort range shooting like what what is going to make you a better faster shooter a break works so yeah and i and i trust me i was one of those guys that my whole fucking operational career was like these things are stupid no way i'm ever going to have one and now i have one because i because i'm smart enough to know like and i said that earlier that's most of the people i work with if something works and makes sense it makes you a better shooter and faster shooter why not fucking switch? And I, so I was like, this is actually making me a faster shooter. Follow on shots. I'm switching. 
So, yeah. so I don't like, I don't definitely don't have anything against them. I mean, I run, I run a break on mine. I think, I think it is a good conversation to bring up, which a lot of people do in my classes uh, that we'll talk about, um, like talk about breaks. And I, I try to talk them into, not try, not try to talk them into getting one or using one, but the reason why I use it, it's op- It's always up. Op- don't ever think, don't ever think like fun shooting range shooting. Always, always think operational. What is going to make you a faster shooter on target when you're doing it for real? No, and that's that's all of where I base my my disdain for breaks is is just because I hate shooting next to the guy that has yeah, one. Everyone does, and trust me, I don't like it either. But yeah, it's I know I know that if it was a gunfight, I wouldn't care if I was sitting next to it or standing right next to a guy shooting a break. Like I, yeah. I don't ever want. I don't remember one time going back after a target and be like, "Oh man, that fucking gun was loud." Because when, when you're in the yeah. when you when you're in the possibility of your life fucking ending, trust me, you're not going to care about noise. Probably have some other priorities going on in front yeah. of you at that point. Yeah. I would imagine anyway. Uh, no, it's just it's one of those things. You know, it, it was real, <clears throat> just like running uh, compensators on your handgun. You know, it was one of those like real in vogue things for a couple years there where you had to have the RMR and the compensator and the X300 light on it. You had to do the whole rolling special. Otherwise, you weren't trying hard enough. And not that those aren't, they don't add benefit. I just, I think that you were starting to see a lot of people were not learning how to properly control recoil with compensators um, with handguns, which is a little bit different. I, you know, I, I, I think that's a little bit different, but. To, to get to your point, like if it's going to help you, like, you know, maybe why not? Maybe I am wrong on that one. Maybe there's some, uh, maybe I should, I should reevaluate my stance on compensators and, and grab one. <laughs> I mean, really what you need to do is take, is, is have a gun that's not, then have a gun that is take, like do a video, like of you shooting 15 rounds, rapid fire. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, you know, have video of, of the muzzle rise coming on and, and get your split times on follow-on shots and then do it with do it with a gun that has a break and see the difference like i mean it's crazy i've done it on video and you're like holy crap the amount of time it takes after every round for 15 rounds to get back on target you know with a on like a a gun without a break compared to a break it's freaking crazy the speed of follow-on shots with a gun with a break yeah well and that's I'll have to look at it again, honestly, because I I do. I just I bought flash hiders for everything that I that I own. I put flash hiders on well, at least one of my wife's guns. I did give her the a two chamber break on her 16 inch. I just I mean, she's smaller. So I'm like, OK, here, we'll throw this on there. She loves it. Um, scared the shit out of the lady next door at the gun range. That was amazing. But uh, <laughs> she likes it. And that's all I mean, that's all I cared about. Giant fireball, whatever. Um she didn't seem to mind. So I'm like, all right, cool. If you like it, uh, I didn't want it. You know, I, again, I was just very, so for, uh, very and for focused. certain situations, like in, in, in Afghanistan, we, we ran, we ran, um, suppressed. And cause you like, for one, you didn't want to, if you're further out noise wise, a big thing or for like muzzle flash, that's a big thing too. But mm-hmm. close in like home defense type stuff, like who cares like you're not trying to hide yourself, right? So it depends on the situation. Like where where True. where are you going to be fighting from or fighting around to where if you need if you need to be 
you know have that flash suppressor or a uh, um, or a suppressor. But most most yeah. civilians, if they are going to be using a rifle, it's <laughs> just liability wise. Yeah, if they're going to be using home defense, it wouldn't matter. That's true. You're, you're not you're not trying to hide anything. That's true. At that yeah, point. I mean, a lot of people put out the they'll talk about uh, the overpressure in the in the the house, or I have kids and I don't want to blow out their eardrums. I mean, like, I, when it comes down to saving lives, who fucking cares about ears? Yeah, you really got to put it somewhat in in and and honestly, people think that it it. it couldn't happen you know i mean like honestly saving a life is the big thing um like you said although i mean it is a real thing i i I work with a gentleman who's uh i work in in finance he's our one of our security department heads and he was in a robbery and granted it's a little bit different it was inside a vault when the guy shot the ground next to his head and uh blew out his eardrums now he has hearing aids that'd be that'd be Um, loud (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 when he told that story i was like wow that really would be fucking loud uh in a giant done, steel box like that I've, I've done vehicle stuff and forgot to put my ear pro on yeah you'll you'll never forget that again <laughs> oh wow that's see and that's the, the kind of stuff like i think everybody sees that and they want to they want to learn like i want to do like i want to do a vehicle hit i want to learn all this stuff and it's like i mean i do i i, I if, if someone were to say hey do you want to learn how to do this i wouldn't say no Right. But I, I almost wonder sometimes when you see all the videos online, like, I mean, it's cool, man. And I appreciate you making it because I really like watching it. But do you really think we're going to end up doing something like this? I don't I mean, I don't know. Um, certainly would have thought maybe more of a possibility a couple of years ago when we had lockdown set in um, and the, yeah, the yeah, protesting yeah, everywhere. Uh, yeah. It did, became a, a, a very real possibility very quickly. Uh, in a lot of cities across the country. So, I mean, I guess I probably shouldn't say, are you really going to use it? Um, just one of those things. But there again, like even vehicle stuff is if you, if you're, if you blow out your eardrum, but you saved your life, I'd rather, I'd rather have my life than, than, than have lost, lost of hearing in one ear, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, with, I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> yeah, your you life is the, the only thing that matters. Yeah, you weigh out the 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 consequences there, and yeah, I'm pretty sure living kind of beats them all. Uh, you know, whatever keeps you breathing at the end of it, right? Is is yeah. I think where most of us would land on those decisions. Um, but um, we're kind of coming up to it here, sir. Um, yeah. So I want to say again, thank you for making the time, and and thank you uh, for for sharing all of your knowledge. Um, before. Before we wrap here, can you just tell the listeners where they can find you uh, and if they want to sign up for for a class? Where, yes. you know, where they can go? Yep. So all the so all the classes, open enrollment classes, are on my website. That's at uh, gamutresolutions.com. And then if they wanted to follow some of my content, um, at Keller Gamut Resolutions on Instagram. And then, shit, I'm I'm horrible with this or with social media. Okay, I, I don't know what my Facebook one is, but Literally, all you have to do is Google Bob Keller, and then the Instagram yeah. and Facebook one comes up. Um, but the Instagram one was is is at KellerGammonResolutions.com, and then website is GammonResolutions.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, once again, yeah, I didn't know you were up in Michigan. If, yeah, if, if you ever want to put on a fucking class up there, let me know. Uh, if you know yeah, of a place that would host one, I would be happy to. But I have, 
there's two or three other people I've had on it that, that run training companies. And they're like, yeah, if you want to host a class, I'm like, I think that would be great. And then I go to try and find a fucking range out here that does it more than. I've, yeah, I've only done know, one. Yeah, you know so I, place, do have, but... I do have a range and now I can't, now I can't remember the city it's at. Um, and I've, I've done, I've done a couple classes out there. I do have, I do have a range, but yeah, I, I, I fell in the same thing. I was like, yeah, Michigan. I'll, I'd love to do classes up there. I was trying to find ranges. It was not nope. easy. Nope. Like same thing with uh, nope. Wisconsin, Minnesota, not easy you, to find a you range would think that allows be, instructors. Yeah. To come up. You would think there would be a ton due to all the deer hunting and shooting yeah. and shit that we have up here. <laughs> nope. There absolutely is not. It's fucking awful. Uh, and Everybody I talk to is like, really up there? You guys got all kinds of deer and shit. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And we have like DNR ranges that don't let you do anything fun. And, you know, your standard 25 yard indoor ranges. That's it. Um, I've even written to my state reps about it. I have no idea why we don't have more outdoor ranges. And in fact, there was one in Hersey, Michigan, that that actually had like outdoor ranges and shooting bays and a shoot house. And it just closed up like six months ago. The guy retired. He's closing it up. He's selling the property and everything. It sucks up here, but well, I'll get I'll get with you offline, and I'll I'll, I'll send you the address to where I where I've done it before because they're it's a it's a great range to use, very friendly. Um, right. If that if, if that's something that would is is close enough by, you know, anyone anyone listening, uh, like if you do have local listeners, that'd be I love coming up there. It's just it's just hard to give classes up there. No, it it is. It, and it's for sure a location thing. I know there's a lot of people that want to learn, um, made a lot of connections in the area. Like, yeah, man, let's get, get a class up here with this guy or this guy or this guy. I'm like, I am trying to find some place that would host a class. Like, believe me, I would love nothing more than to put together a whole bunch of this stuff. There just isn't there's yeah, at least that I know of. So yeah, we'll definitely chat on that. Um, but I really do appreciate the time, sir. Uh, it's been great and, uh, we'll have to do this again in the future. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, hey, happy holidays. Yep, you too. Thanks. What did I tell you guys? It's going to be a great conversation with Bob. And it was. It was outstanding. We talked about so much, so many different things. We got to so many different topics. And, you know, what Bob's doing with Gamut is in my opinion, it's just, it's different. It stands out in the crowd. Not that other people teaching other ways aren't doing good work. Cause that's certainly not the case. I would never say that Lord knows I have had enough guests on this pod <clears throat> that, you know, are, are out there doing the good work and teaching people, but there is something to be said for brilliance in the basics. And that is everything that, that Bob is trying to do with Gamut Resolutions. And I think it's good, you know, to have that kind of company out there in the space that is there to focus on that. Like, you know, I would, I would I may even go as far to say hyper-focus on the fundamentals, you know. And chances are, if you've ever tried pushing yourself with a particular skill set, doesn't have to be shooting, you have come to the eventual conclusion that, you know, that we talked about in this, in this discussion, Bob and I, right. That a breakdown in fundamentals is more often than not why you cannot succeed with the compound skill sets. You need to have strong fundamentals, strong fundamentals will help you build 
those adjoining skills, uh, skill sets that eventually turn into things like fast target transitions, fast cadence, uh, being able to shoot from different you know positions and barricades and all that. All of that comes back to good fundamental skills, <clears throat> and it just it may not be sexy. It may not be the coolest stuff out there. It may not be the coolest looking. Ultimately, though, is what's going to make you better. It's going to what's going to make you effective. And there's definitely a lot to be said about that. That I think that is just isn't it just it normally isn't said. A lot of guys look at the quote basics and they look past that because they want to get to what they you know deem the, to be the the advanced skill sets. And I get it. And I can certainly understand it. I can certainly respect it because we all want to do the bigger, better, faster things. But we also need to realize that without proper training, with everything that comes before that, you will not be able to achieve all the goals you want to the standard that you want. Again, that's all what Bob's about. And he certainly has the resume that, that backs it all up. You know, it's really hard to argue with any of the points he makes. You can disagree with it. You know, and we disagreed on a couple, you know, we talk about muzzle breaks and compensators and all that stuff. It's fine to disagree, but really to say that it's wrong, that's 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 different. You know, he certainly has a lot of time uh, on the trigger, you know, lots of deployments, did a whole bunch of stuff in some really, really nasty places. So certainly somebody I respect and certainly somebody I would listen to when he gives me his perspective and his insight on, on such topics. So uh, I really enjoyed it. I definitely had some some perspective thrown at me. I feel differently about a couple of things. I'm definitely going to revisit the whole backup iron sights deal uh, after this conversation. And I, you know, I urge anybody else to do the same. You know, you don't have to listen to everybody that's around you. Uh, you know, every guy that has a better resume or whatever, you don't have to, right? But you should definitely try to see what you can learn from those individuals. Everybody has different life experiences. Everybody has different thoughts and perspectives. And you should try and draw as much as you can from all of those differences, uh, those unique interactions and encounters. So, you know, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a one that I've really been looking forward to. If you guys haven't seen the video series he did with Paneo Productions like five years ago, I, I really strongly suggest you go check it out. Um, it's a video series. They talk through a lot of things, even though it was five years ago, not much of it has changed. They, they hit on the, you know, the, the core concepts and ask some good questions. It's, uh, I think it's Aaron Barag- Baragua. I, I, I butchered that gentleman's name. I do apologize. Uh, Kyle Harth, who's another special, uh, operations guy. And then, uh, Bob Keller and talking through some things and their experiences and all like that. I think it's a warfighter series, but, uh, that was one of the first video series I found. I was really jumping into the space. It was very inspirational for me and very uh, enlightening and eye-opening in, in a number of ways. So definitely encourage you guys to check it out. And if you guys can make it out to one of Bob's classes, you'll definitely be better for it. That said, that's all I got for you folks this week. Uh, I really do sincerely appreciate you guys sticking around and listening to this. Uh, <clears throat> head over to our Patreon page if you guys haven't already, patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Sign up, get access to our exclusive content, help support what we're doing here, and uh, stay tuned. Next week's uh, episode should be a real banger as well. I think you guys are really, really going to like that one too. But until then, you guys get out there, work hard, train smarter, and like we always say here, 
be prepared.